Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and responds to every movie, show, and one-shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I am Al Rodriguez. And I'm Tony Camarena. And today we are continuing our talk on Captain America Civil War. This is part two of the movie, or the, the middle portion. We should stop calling them parts, because it's beginning, middle, end. Anyway, it's too early for a tangent, so this part of the movie is from when Wanda and Vision are making paprikesh to the end of the airport battle scene. And as always, here's our RMDB summary, that's Rewinder's movie database. A minor disagreement between Tony and Steve escalates into the complete destruction of a German transportation hub. Because it escalates quickly. In less, <laughs> yeah, in less than 45 minutes, or... Because this is about a 45 minute and some change. <laughs> yeah, I, I like how it is a, uh, a minor disagreement right there. <laughs> Very minor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would, would you describe uh, their fight scene at the end of the movie as a minor disagreement also? or? Mm, well, this is like a disagreement over politics, which, I mean, can escalate. But, you know, a lot of people are friends or don't blow up airports because of arguments about politics. Most people, not. Um, where if my friend's friend killed my mom, then that's fair. I mean, that's a major disagreement. Okay, all right. I just <laughs> wanted to make sure I understood major versus minor disagreement. I'm, I'm just wondering what the level is here. So, okay, we're, that, that works for me. All right. Well, let's uh, jump into it. I should probably review my notes. It feels like it's been a very long time since I watched this. Um, <laughs> but here's the first storyline. Steve, Sam, Bucky, and T'Challa are brought to, to the Joint Counterterrorism Center in Berlin. Steve's shield, Sam's bird suit, and Bucky's freedom are all confiscated. Tony and Natasha try to smooth things over with Thunderbolt and the UN. Tony tries to get Steve to sign the accords. It does not go the way Tony wants. So, in a way to make this more confusing, we have a new, uh, like, higher up in the military or authority figure named Ross. We have Everett Ross introduced in the section. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I completely missed that, that they have the same last name. Yeah, which is <laughs> why I call I called Smooth Things Over with Thunderbolt, because it wouldn't make sense if it was Secretary Ross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. Um... Everett Ross, played by uh, Martin Freeman from Sherlock and The Hobbit and Fargo and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and many other things. But more interestingly, he premiered in, uh, his character premiered in the comic book Kazar, number 17, in September 1998. And um, Kazar is a comic book character I hope they get to in the MCU, because he's basically Tarzan but in dinosaur world. <laughs> okay. You know, I was going to ask you who the hell is that? Cause I've never met, like I've never heard of this character, but then you describe him and I'm like, Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. I guess I just forgot his name. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, he doesn't come up very often, mostly when the X-Men go to, um, what is that world? What's that? It's not world. It's part of Antarctica that still has dinosaurs. Yeah. It's, I, I, I can't remember. Savage land. Yeah, the Savage Land. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, also, one of my favorite panels um, that I see memed on Reddit or on Twitter a lot is um, Spider-Man in uh, the Savage Lands. 
talking to uh, um, Sauron, which is the pterodactyl super villain. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Spider-Man goes to him, it's like, why are you doing this? You could cure cancer, but all you're doing is uh, um, turning people into dinosaurs. And his response is, but I don't want to cure cancer. I just want to turn people into dinosaurs. Like, <laughs> fair. Yeah, I I guess. Nothing I mean, to do with Kazar, but I love it. <laughs> That's true. I mean, hell, uh, you know, Peter Parker is one of the smartest people on the planet, and he's not curing cancer. It's true. He's stopping people from realizing their dream of turning into a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> So, um, I think we mentioned this last week, but it's in my notes, so I'm pulling it up again. Um, In the previous scene, they were in Romania, uh, and (laughs) now they're in Berlin. That is a 21-hour drive if they drove the entire way. I'm assuming they did. Yeah, I don't don't know. Uh, Maybe they took a train. I mean, it is Europe. They have trains all over the place, I'm told. Yeah. So, that'll help things, I assume. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure why they decided to have the Joint Counterterrorism Task Force in Berlin. It's not like it could have. The whole fight could have happened in any airport. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's a world famous airport. I mean, it might be, but it's not one I know. Um, there's no reason well, to have also, them so spread Bucky out. Could have been us. anywhere too. Yeah, yeah I mean, I understand. True. Romania a little bit because it's may well maybe it's just my stereotyping thinking it's a poorer country and a less organized country than Germany but it might not be might just be my stereotypes (laughs) I mean yeah I have no idea what they are like economically and all that stuff but um yeah they, they, they could have chosen a closer country I feel like to just have Bucky hanging out in like mm-hmm. something less than a 21 hour drive away from yeah. yeah I mean we got into this last week when we still don't know why the uh, German special forces were in Romania oh yeah so. that's right mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Right. anyway uh, um, uh, mm-hmm. good good oh I, I just wanted to call out uh, one other thing kind of at the beginning of this scene mm-hmm. um, when so when they're all in the car driving in uh, Cap and T'Challa at some point are talking, and uh, T'Challa has this like awesome response to Cap. So he says, uh, "So I ask you, as both warrior and king, how long do you think you can keep your friends safe from me?" Like that is just <laughs> like saying, "Hey, I'm bringing it. What do you think yeah. you're gonna do?" <laughs> like, oh, I mean, either through mur- through killing, or through political machinations. Either way, we're getting that guy. Yeah, exactly. Like, in his mind, he's getting him because mm-hmm. he probably has some sort of diplomatic immunity. I don't know at all how diplomatic immunity works. But... Well, he's he's obviously he's not getting arrested like uh, Steve and Bucky are. But so... He was in the same car. No, but he said, when they arrived there, he says, you're getting an office because of diplomatic immunity. Oh, okay. I missed that. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I mean... exactly. So, he yeah. knows... He's safe. He's completely mm-hmm. fine in this situation. Yeah. Also, you think about the end of the movie. Um, where does Bucky end up? Oh, in uh, in Wakanda. 
Yeah, so he gets him. He's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, they're friends and he's helping him, but it works out the way he wants to right now. Uh, yeah, you're right. I did not put those two together. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. He wins. <laughs> yep. Um, so we got the Joint Counterterrorism Task Force, which I hope I don't have to say too often. Um, uh, what was that name again, Tony? One more time? The JCT. JCT. That doesn't sound... That doesn't really roll off the tongue. Like They, right. they should have had a reserve, uh, reverse acronym like SHIELD or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was bringing up SHIELD. Why haven't we heard about this group before? This seems like something SHIELD would know about, be in contact with, especially if they're organizing the Sokovia Accords or enforcing them. That's a good point. I have no idea. I mean... Oh, wait. Huh? Okay, something just occurred to me. Oh, okay. They're brought in because it was a terrorist attack that supposedly Bucky perpetrated. It's not just any superhero stuff. Oh, okay. That that does make a lot more sense. Um, the thing I was going to go with is, at least in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. right now, as far as that TV show's going, um, a lot of things for them is kind of happening on rails. Like, they're not starting things out. They're not really as in control as they'd like to be. They're just kind of reacting to, oh, evil this over here, evil this over there. Like, let's let's go and see if we can stop it. They're, that is so... true. They're very reactionary. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the things that they should be proactive in is being held, like, the end of Hydra is being held by um, the U.S. military. Yeah, exactly. Or, or the the actual ATCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so uh, we can move on to, well, I'm guessing, like, Tony and Steve's conversation. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. So, one thing I really like about this movie is there are 13 movies into the MCU, and they're finally going, well, screw it, we're not explaining everything, watch the 13 previous movies. <laughs> <laughs> about time yeah i mean this is the seventh movie for robert downey jr counting um the incredible hulk and uh the fifth for chris evans not counting thor the dark world because it wasn't really steve's character so we really get to know these characters more than we have probably in any film series so we really get their dynamic and how, you know, the, how they're kind of antagonistic, but they're still friendly, and they we really get their points of view. Yeah, I mean, hell, the last time we saw the two of them together was in Age of Ultron, and in that movie, I mean, they had basically been working together for, did they say like a year, two years? Because they had been trying to bring down Hydra and find the Scepter and all that, so... Like they they yeah. have history too that that yeah. we haven't even seen, so they're they're really showing that off there in that conversation too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I um, mean it would be about a year because I would figure it's from the fall of Shield to Ultron. Okay, yeah, yeah. That that's still a long time working together. I've been at my current job for a year now, and you know I feel like I'm pretty good friends with the people I work with. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we we, hmm. uh, we see, like, Tony's frustration at himself. 
for this. Like, this is... Everything wrong is Tony's fault. I mean, any, everything wrong in Tony's life, at least. Um, having to arrest his friends is because he created... Or he backed the Sokovia Accords, which were created mostly because he created Ultron. Yeah, that's true. Like, it is... It is tough for him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, so I, I think we argued about this a lot last week, or at least discussed it, di- dissected? We dissected this a lot last week. Mm-hmm. Um, God, it, it feels like, like a month ago when we talked about it. It's, it really it's does, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm trying to remember what we said. Um, but uh, uh, the, the movie doesn't really like make a great case for the Sokovia Accords like having been a work in progress for a while it, it kind of mm-hmm. makes it implies that you know it was recent um but uh, you're right like it, it is you know the um the stuff from Age of Ultron is definitely a big thing it, especially because even at the beginning uh there was a lady whose name I forgot who you know came up to Stark and was like hey my son died and I'm sure like it, that can't have been the first thing that was going through Stark's mind, right? Like, like he has to have been feeling guilty about that for a while. Probably since the day of, I'm thinking. Maybe maybe a day or two before. Well, I hope so, but... Tony is a type of character where it's not... Numbers, like, a large group of people are statistic. But like one person he actually cares about. Even from Iron Man 1, he didn't care who the weapons were killing until he heard about Jensen. He met Jensen and heard about his family. No, that's true. So he's yeah. he's definitely a, a sucker for the story kind of a thing. Like mm-hmm. that, that individual yeah. person. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not real to him until he meets someone who's actually been affected. Gotcha. Right. And when you say Tony... You mean Stark, right? Not Camarina. You're not talking about yourself yes. in the third person again. No, I'm not. I'm not that self-aware. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, another thing that's going wrong in Tony's life is he and Pepper are on a break. Oh no. Um, yeah, mostly because uh, he kept building suits after he blew up all his suits. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I I I didn't realize. Until like now, I guess right now, or probably the last time when when I was watching this, um, is that they actually gave us the reason. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like it went a few years. Like, are they ever really going to explain what happened? No. Okay. Oh, all of a sudden they're back together. Oh, and now they're you know engaged and married and all that. Oh, okay. Cool. Oh yeah. But no, they, yeah, they I mean, actually explained it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, um, this retroactively for me makes Age of Ultron better because one of my big gripes was. Iron Man blew up all the suits, and he doesn't need his suits anymore, and then suddenly he's back next time we see him, and he has a bunch of suits. Or at least at least one suit. But still. Yeah, I mean, we've all been in that similar situation, right? Like, we move, and we're throwing out a bunch of stuff, and we're like, oh, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to need this anymore, ever. It's been in a drawer for two years, and I'm just throwing it away. I don't need to move that with me. And then two months later, you realize, damn, I need that thing again. So you go on Amazon, and you buy it. I mean, that's basically what, what Tony did here. <laughs> that's true. Except for this thing he did, the thing he threw out, was a grand gesture to his longtime girlfriend that he's changing his life and moving on. And then he 
ordered more of whatever these are from Amazon. Yeah. He, yeah. And he probably forgot to get, like, a box of chocolates and some flowers, too, for her yeah. or something. Or so. another 13-foot-tall bunny. Or that, yeah. Yeah. The last one got blown up. <laughs> she never got a second one. Nope. <laughs> um. He Well, he, uh, the whole point of that, he's mad at himself, but he's also pretty pissed off at Steve. And it's not Steve's fault that Steve is the man his father always compared him to. And he is as perfect as his father always said. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to suck. Um, right? Because he's... Because he, he definitely has like that little bit of bitterness against Steve. Um, mm-hmm. But then he meets him like, God damn it, you're a good guy. And he's just like saying that through his teeth. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, because, you know, he he probably went through it most of his life. Like, that Steve guy, his dad's not being realistic. It's like, you know, rose-colored glasses when you lose somebody. Mm-hmm. But no, he is legit that awesome, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then he convinces, he almost convinces Steve to sign the accords. And then he brings up that they're keeping Wanda hostage <laughs> or uh, interned or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Safe, as Stark says. Yeah. But I mean, think of Steve, like he's freed people from prisoners of war and he probably knowing his through the somewhere in that montage, he probably freed at least one um, internment camp or Holocaust camp. So oh, yeah. his that. mind goes right there, <laughs> like being interred for no reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did. Did we talk about that a little bit last week? I really don't remember. I mean, last month. I, I do not believe so, uh, because. She wasn't interred. This was like the reveal. Okay, got it. All right. Yeah. Eh. All right. Well, we'll we've got more things for that later. So okay. Yeah. I, I won't get. I won't jump into that that conversation too much right now. All right. Um. Is there anything else about this conversation you want to talk about? No. For this one, I'm I'm good. All right. Moving on. Oh, by the way, I've got all Wanda's stuff together, so that's why we just cool. right there. Okay. All right. Uh, Zemo's plan goes into effect. His EMP device knocks out uh, power at the task force. I'm not going to specify which one. And Zemo, who is masquerading as a psychologist, takes control of Bucky. The Winter Soldier quickly takes down Sam and Steve. As he is trying to escape, he encounters Tony, Sharon, Natasha, and T'Challa. They put up a good fight, but the Winter Soldier and Zemo both get out of the building. Zemo disappears, and the Winter Soldier tries to escape in the helicopter. Cap stops that from happening. So... For my purposes, when he's under control, he's the Winter Soldier. He's no longer Bucky. Because he has no free will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I like how um, this is one of those situations where, you know, when he becomes a Winter Soldier, or, well, as he was doing that transformation, um, he's breaking out of the prison. He kind of mm-hmm. showed that he was there by choice. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. He could have left at any moment. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, probably at some point during that twenty-one hour uh, car drive <laughs> would have been a good time. Yep. But no, he decided to play it cool and go along with it. Um. So you'd think 
they'd have better security, like eye scanners, thumbprint scanners, DNA scanners, when you're um, with this task force place. Zemo, I mean, just put on a fake mustache and walked in from what I could tell. Or he didn't even have a mustache. The guy, the guy we see later, the guy who's dead had a mustache, I think. He just put on glasses and walked in. Yeah, I mean, that can get you pretty far. I mean, yeah. Tony, no baseball it's cap. A, yeah, it's, it's a government facility. They, you know, uh, it, it's just, it's cheaper this way. Yeah. Yeah. Spent all that money on gas driving people across different countries. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Although, I mean, starts working for them. Those cars might have arc reactors in them. Totally clean energy. They could. I guess we don't know how much clean energy Stark Industries has pumped into the world at this point. Because it's been yeah. a good number of years since Avengers when he talked about doing that. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming like most things have clean energy at this point in the MCU. Because they've got bigger problems than global warming. Like <laughs> overpopulation. I hope someone handles that soon. But, um, so this is the 437th instance of brainwashing in the MCU. <laughs> yeah um so he spends his time very impressively like yeah, as you said trying to punch himself out of the containment unit when he could have just covered his ears and just yelled and sang really loudly <laughs> that that might have worked uh, yeah. I, I don't know if he's even tried it he may yeah. have never been in a position to try it i, I think his hands are always uh, down but yeah well, at this point, I mean, uh, the whole time punching, he could have just, like, done that, waited for Cap and, um, and, uh, uh, Sam to come in. I almost said Cap and Steve, and I knew that was wrong. Cap and Sam to come in. And every time he screamed loud enough, then Azima would have to start over, because I figure you have to hear all the words in order. <laughs> Just start saying different words, confusing Zemo, all that stuff. Yep. So yeah, so he he gets out, and Bucky and all right, uh, Cap and Sam run in, and uh, uh, Cap. We find out that Cap and Bucky are pretty much equal fighters when Cap doesn't have a shield. Which is like it's pretty accurate to Winter Soldier. Yeah, it 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 it's good on that. Um, I guess like th- this is one of those things where like I'm still kind of coming to grips with um, when you said last time that uh, Bucky had some uh, super soldier serum. Like he has to have had something thrown into oh, yeah. it. it. Was that blue serum stuff right that we see later in the movie? Yeah. Oh, I think it was more. Uh, he was tested on by Zola in um, during World War Two, when Cap uh, captures him or frees him from capture. Okay, got it. I mean, in in some way, he's had some sort of biological enhancement. Also, yeah. having that arm is a, a good uh, um, addition. That, that that's true. that also helps. Yeah, yeah. It's like he also has his. Uh, that's why I have no. But he has his arm, and Cap has no shield. So. <laughs> Bucky has a little bit of an edge. Yeah. And we do see that. So yeah. in a few spots. Yep. Um, so I wanna go so Cap 
gets his ass kicked a little bit. Bucky walks out into the common area or the lobby or whatever. It seems to be like a kitchen. <laughs> um, and he goes up against Tony, Sharon, Natasha, and T'Challa. Um, I do really like that Tony learned from Iron Man 3 that just because he, he's not wearing a suit doesn't mean he can't be prepared. He's got that cool little arm thing. <laughs> or that yeah. little hand thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, always have at least something. Mm-hmm. To defend yourself. I mean, hell, uh, last time we were making fun of the way his parents died, right? He was still, um, Howard Stark was still doing something kind of covert ops ish, you know, in that realm, and he had no weapon or no self defense. Um, yeah, you know, at least at least Stark is has got something, so that's good. Yeah, I find it very hard to believe. That in the years between the end of uh, Agent Carter and, I don't know, the 90s, whenever he turned into uh, Roger Sterling from Mad Men, uh-huh. um, he didn't become a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, he had a kid. That's that's the difference. The, okay, well then there's, there's 30 years from 1947 to 19, or 27 years to 1974. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe he did. Or nineteen seventy. And anyway, and some kind of like the Incredibles situation happened, where the government outlawed the heroes, and then no, that's that's this part. Shield. That's literally this part. Is <laughs> <laughs> they're they're out, outlawing the heroes? I mean, not okay. fully, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there goes my idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure at some point we'll get filled in that gap and find out that he is actually Mr. Fantastic or something. <laughs> Sometime. That would be terrible. I would not be happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometime within the next few decades, I'm sure we'll get that story. So, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I love how surprised Tony looks when the Winter Soldier fires a gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what, what did you think he was going to do? <laughs> Well, I thought that look of surprise was the, uh, oh, thank God, the hand thing worked. Um, oh. Because <laughs> he kind of got that on there last minute. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. Hmm. A little bit. I I also feel like he, Tony would be the guy who's like super confident about his tech. So he's like, of course the thing would work. If I don't think he should be that surprised. Oh, okay. I, I was thinking more of it was like last minute, like he had just gotten yeah. it on there, but yeah. 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 Then we also see uh, Sharon and Natasha fight fight them, um, which they're awesome fighters, but they're not mm-hmm. super soldiers, so... Yeah, exactly. I had to call out at the beginning of the movie when, uh, you know, Black Widow takes down, I think it was seven people on her own, no special mm-hmm. equipment, like that was just her. Um, you know, the Falcon has some sort of cool gizmos and stuff and missiles when he's mm-hmm. hiding behind his wing shield. Um, you know, she's just on her own. Um, and I have to call something out that she said in the scene when she was fighting uh, winter soldier. Um, she says to him, you can at least recognize me. So uh, are we ever going to get any kind of backstory on that? And I'm wondering what they're referring to. Because the last time we saw them two in the same movie, in um, Winter Soldier, um, all they 
all she said was that he shot through her to get to his target. Um, and even in that movie, she said that he was a myth. So yeah. it kind of seems like... But to be fair, right... mm-hmm. they did fight in that movie after the story. She could be referring to that movie. Oh, okay. Wait, when did they fight? Well, I mean, he was shooting after her. Like, the freeway scene, he was, like, targeting her. Maybe they didn't oh. hand-to-hand fight. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think she would be referring to that, but that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. I mean... There goes my confusion. Yeah. I mean, uh, Black Widow's very quippy. She wants to, she wants to rapport with her, her enemies. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Any reoccurring enemies, she needs yep. to she needs to be able to to converse with them. You know, hey, it's, way. it's rare they usually die. That's true. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. So we get uh, superhero landing number fifty. Ta-da! You know, this is a big deal. We're halfway to a hundred, I guess. Uh-huh. Um. We get T'Challa running around and jumping over the stairs in front of the Winter Soldier, which I do. I really love. <laughs> how we see T'Challa just like him in the background just running around occasionally <laughs> <laughs> like sets it up <laughs> just waiting to strike like a cat yeah. yep yep like 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 some type of leopard or something maybe a jaguar <laughs> um so yeah they fight for a bit and we find out um we see him hold back Bucky's arm and for the longest time, I thought his arm was reacting to his vibranium ring that I made a big deal about earlier. Mm-hmm. But I think, after watching it maybe for the 75th time this last go-around, I think maybe it's more Bucky's reacting to how strong T'Challa is. That's what I always interpreted that as. Okay. Yeah, I always thought that, like, for some reason, I thought it would be revealed in Black Panther or Infinity War that there's something about his ring. Mm. But, yeah. No. Okay. Then you're smarter than I. <laughs> I mean, it's it's surprising for him, right? Like, he is able to just rely on this super cool arm, and all of a sudden, now he's, after, you know, decades, he's finally fighting someone who can stop him. With the yeah. arm in hand to hand, I mean Steve could have done it too, but that's not his fighting style, or at least he just didn't end up in that situation. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you gotta think about the force that Steve throws his shield, and then the Winter Soldier just caught it in that scene in the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He caught Although it with fu- that arm, right? In which yes, he caught it with the metal okay. arm. Yeah. Okay. Although to be fair, the arm doesn't seem as powerful in this movie. Because Black Panther stops it, Spider-Man stops it, and it gets blown off. Yeah, but in this movie, he he's fighting like a bunch of people with a with power. Yeah. In the last yeah. movie, he only fought Cap, who yeah, really started holding back once he found out that was Bucky. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was just thinking about um, Endgame when he said Bucky's alive. He just <laughs> really has a soft spot for this guy. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Um, so uh, the last part I want to talk about in this section is uh, Cap versus the helicopter. <laughs> the 
holy crap feat of strength of Steve Rogers just with his bare hands holding a helicopter there. I was just like, okay, well, that's some superhero-y stuff. Yeah, that's that's next level. Um, <laughs> I'm really curious what the math would be on, like, how much strength you would have to have to hold down a, uh, a helicopter. Because, I mean, it's it's all wind power, right? So I'm just... Mm. I, I'm just curious what that what that would look like. Like, can someone who competes in those strongman competitions pull right. this off? According to the technical specifications for the helicopter, which is an Airbus AS350 helicopter, the lifting capacity is around 3,000 pounds. So he's holding down about 3,000 pounds worth of weight. Okay. I have no idea if that's actually how that works, because it's... It's well, the helicopter's lifting itself up and it's carrying yeah. three thousand. Well, right? uh, the whole thing says the whole thing says the lifting capacity and it defines mm-hmm. it. How much the helicopter could have hanging from it or within the, the um it says hanging from it or in it during takeoff. Okay, but so, so this is not counting the weight of the helicopter. This is how much is attached to the helicopter in addition to the actual machine. Okay, so. So 3,000 pounds minus the weight of Bucky. <laughs> well, I would assume that it's minus more, like minus the weight of the helicopter also, because that's weighing the helicopter down. No, the helicopter no. has to like, isn't that? Or... No, because it's the lifting capacity, how much this model helicopter can lift. So they're taking into account um, the oh. weight of the helicopter. Oh, okay, got it. So that's 3,000 pounds. In addition to the weight of the helicopter itself. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. That, that makes a lot more sense. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah. That's that's some superhero stuff right there. Uh, yeah. To quote you, thirty seconds ago. Yep. Feels <laughs> so much longer. Uh, <laughs> um. And we're three for three, three times. That, um, one of our I'm going to say our main couple, our main couple being Steve and Bucky. At least one of them have fallen into the river. <laughs> um, Bucky did it in the first movie, Steve did it in the second movie, and now they're doing it together in the third movie. I mean, it was the only logical conclusion there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Are we ready to move on? Uh, yeah. I think we are. Yes. Let's move on. Okay. Bucky wakes wakes up in Cap and Sam's temporary hideout. Let me try that again. Bucky wakes up in Cap and Sam's temporary hideout. He is himself again. He tells them about the other Winter Soldiers that are in stasis in Siberia. We see a flashback of their creation. So, um, I like uh, the only things I really have <coughs> is the flashback. Mm-hmm. That the reason why I'm assuming, like we said, the Winter Soldiers are probably not as strong as Cap is because there are no Vita Rays. That I feel like that's the missing. <laughs> no, I feel like that's a missing ingredient in all these attempted stuff. It's like no one else uses Vita Rays. That's that's true. I'm I'm trying to remember the whole Vita Ray thing. Like I remember we talked about it in Agent Carter. Um, but you're you're right. Like those are very unstable, also, right? No, no. Vita rays are the rays that they never mention again. 
that they shoot uh, Cap with during his transformation. Okay. And I'm thinking, like, you know, the Super Soldier program has been tried to be recreated many times. Mm-hmm. Gamma didn't work, apparently, because it made the Hulk. <laughs> um, and then I feel, and the, I feel like Vita Rays is the secret, um, the secret ingredient no one ever uses. But, I mean, that makes sense. Um, could have sworn we talked about it in Agent Carter, and I don't remember why, but okay. I mean, I'm sure Vita Rays may have come up. Yeah. But I don't think in Super Soldier stuff, because I don't think they're trying to create Super Soldiers in that. Yeah, that makes sense. For some reason, I was thinking it was, like, w- part of one of uh, Howard Stark's bad babies. Like, it's one of his things. Um but I don't remember. Eh. All right, anyway. Yeah, that, that's yeah. probably it. I mean, given what you just said, if we never see anyone else talk about it, then, yeah, secret ingredient. Mm-hmm. There we go. It's, a, it's an old family recipe. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, the last guy in the family, Erskine, died. Yeah. So. Ugh. Couldn't give it to an heir. Uh, poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Also, so, we see... Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, so one of the other things I wanted to bring up about this scene, um, they're asking Bucky, uh, what did Zemo want? Um, and so Bucky is able to tell them what Zemo wanted, which is a little confusing because like, that's all stuff that Bucky is remembering from when he was Winter Soldier. But at the beginning, mm-hmm. he asked, like, he, he seemed like he blacked out, right? He asked, hey, how many people did I kill this time? And they told him not to think about it, but yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I feel like that he was like discombobulated, mm-hmm. like he was just he was just unconscious, also. So it's like, oh, what happened? And then he says, I can't remember if he says before or after this, like in the previous section or later, but he says he remembers every person he's killed, every mission. Yeah, I, I remember he does mention that somewhere. I think I have it in my notes because I was going to bring it up. But, uh, eh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I, I so, guess that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's more, oh, God, what happened? I just woke up and now I'm <laughs> kept here with a... um, What do you call those things? <laughs> the thing uh, his arm is kept in. Oh, a uh, vice grip? Yeah, vice? thank you. <laughs> yeah, <Okay>. vice. <laughs> I, that was the word I couldn't find. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh god, what happened? Like, I could remember everything that just happened, but if I woke up with my arm in a vice grip, I'd be asking the same questions. <laughs> That's true. I would have a lot of questions if I woke up and my arm was in a vice grip. <laughs> First of all, my arm is metal, it's vice grip, and I'm talking to Captain America. I'd ask a lot of questions, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Also in this section, we get we find out that Sam knows a guy, which is a post-credit scene to Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finally, which, some yeah, some uh, crossover there. Yeah, which makes me wonder, why was Sam looking for him so hard at the end of Ant Man? My assumption is just to uh, just to know him, to find him, so that way, like in the future, if he ever needs that guy's help, he knows how to contact him. Okay. Or yeah, if he just wanted revenge um, out of anger. <laughs> Getting his ass kicked. Well, you know, you know how vengeful um, the Falcon is. 
as vengeful as a falcon. That's what people say about him. Yep, that's what people say about him. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Um, you want to move on? That was all I had for this section. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good. Uh, so I think we're at a good point right now. We got to pay some bills, so let's uh-huh. uh, read a little ad from our sponsor. Today's sponsor is. Um, you know, I'm not going to say the name because I'm just going to jump into it. Tony, um, last I checked, you are not a super soldier. Is that correct? Last time you checked. Now, yeah. what if I were to tell you that is an option, being a super soldier? Eh, uh, they seem to have pretty crappy lives. <laughs> well, hold on to your socks, Tony, because it is an option. Our partners at ZimZam's Blue Super Serum will give you the same powers of a genetically altered superhero. Just take one pouch of this mysterious blue serum, hook it directly to your veins, wait out a night of intense pain, and you're good. Use promo code MCURewind today to get one pouch free with your first purchase. Side effects include insomnia, coughing, sneezing, nausea, and violent insanity. Zimzan's <laughs> Blue Super Serum. Better than that green crap their competitors sell. Yep, that turns into a Hulk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm good to move on. All right, uh, I'm not. I realized there was something I forgot to say about the last section. Oh, okay. What was it? Um, I love the <laughs> misdirect in this movie of us thinking the big climax is going to be Tony and Steve teaming up to fight these Winter Soldiers. Oh yeah, no that that's that's great. Like yeah, the the tricking. Uh the the audience into thinking like this is where the story is heading and i i also okay so one of the things that's that's a little annoying because i i remember when we were talking about iron man 3 you know all of the trailers and everything we're talking about the mandarin and then we Mm -hmm. see the guy show up and oh the big reveal is that's not the bad guy, it's someone else. Well, I mean, it's okay if the bad guy is someone else, but now you just kind of ruined this character for the most part, right, as far as what we have in the MCU. And maybe in the future we'll get a Mandarin, but that's a whole separate thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, in this scenario, like, it's just, it's all just this movie. And we kind of know a little bit, like, yeah, there, there's going to be some fighting between... Uh, cap and and uh iron man because that stuff was in the trailers but at least right here like oh yeah a, a good reason to like argue with each other and cause that uh airport scene and stuff like that yeah i mean um yeah because it would suck if you had these two this whole movie with these two superheroes where i i i they had different points of view ideologically (laughs) ideologically opposed (laughs) and then suddenly for no reason they fight for a little while then for um just because another bad guy shows up they team up and are best friends and then one dies and then gets resurrected in a terrible movie where he's got a funny mouth and (laughs) there are other superheroes anyway (laughs) yeah that would be really stupid yep sure they would have some like really bad way to make them friends too like Mm -hmm. i don't know maybe their dads have the same name or something yeah yeah or something like that i don't know and then a third superhero who is cooler than any either of them shows up and just kicks ass for 15 minutes and redeems the last half hour of that movie 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but in this movie, we only get like 10 minutes of Spider-Man, so, yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, speaking of a movie that we're dancing around, um, you know when um, they brought the idea to Disney, to Bob Iger, the head of Disney, about this movie, he was like, no, I don't want just to see our two heroes fighting. And then he heard about what they were doing over at DC, and he was like, let's do it better. <laughs> <laughs> well, he won. <laughs> <laughs> they totally, totally did. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things I had been planning to do for like basically the past year, knowing that we were going to be recording these episodes for Civil War, was mm-hmm. after watching Civil War, I was going to watch uh, Batman vs. Superman again. Just because, like, those two movies came out around the same time. And yeah. I just kind of wanted to remind myself of, like, the stark difference between the two. Hmm. And, um, you know, we we keep dancing around the fact that it took us a month to record this episode and the episode we released last week for mostly for technical you, reasons. Hold on, but, hold on. You're just um, busting out all our secrets. First, we were talking about Batman vs. Superman. And mm-hmm. now you're telling them that we're it's been a month since we recorded part one. But anyway. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Next, Continue. I'll start revealing some social security numbers. Tony, what's yours? Seven. Okay. So <laughs> strangely enough, it's the same number as Tony Stark's social security number. Oh, interesting. All right. <laughs> um, where was I going with that? Anyway, uh, all I was going to say is I did not watch Batman vs Superman. Good um, for you. Because every time I thought about it, I just no, I'm good. I don't need to to do that again every once in a while you know we've talked about this before i'm getting i'm inching closer and closer to rewatching justice league <laughs> slowly little bits at a time <laughs> i've been resisting because i got it I, I someone got it for me for christmas <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah because <laughs> i got um actually after we recorded the christmas episode um my cousin asked my wife what superhero movies I don't have. So I got Fantastic Four 2015. I, was that 2015? Whatever, the most recent one. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Justice League and um, Elektra for Christmas from him. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Moving yeah. on, like we said we were going to do earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Secretary Ross gives Tony 36 hours to get Team Cap in custody. Both Natasha and Stark have recruitment ideas. Tony goes to get the Spiderling, while Natasha convinces Catman to join the team. So, I'm going to take a step away from my mic and yell, Queen! Which is what we all saw when it came up on the screen. Like, all the intros. <laughs> I've been actually resisting yelling every intro because it comes in big, giant cap letters. But every time... I saw this movie three times in theaters, and every time when it said Queens, people started cheering because they knew what was happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <sighs> so, that was probably pretty loud. I'm probably going to have to edit that down. But <laughs> eh, It's fine. Yeah. I'm sure you confused your wife, who is in the other room. Yeah, completely. <laughs> so, I'm just going to jump right into this complaint about um, this this part of the movie. So, Stark's entire storyline of this movie is to avoid <laughs> having masked vigilantes 
doing things without oversight. So his very first idea <laughs> is to go and find a masked vigilante no one knows and to have him do stuff for him, kind of, with no oversight. Basically, very limited oversight. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, what is Tony Stark's biggest flaw? Uh, you know, I really thought you were going to go with uh, biggest fear, and I was going to say spiders, but now <laughs> biggest flaw. Um, I don't know. Uh, doing things that involve his fear. No, he doesn't think things through. Yeah, there's that too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's terrified of spiders. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, you're right. It, it's I. This is what I say. It's stupid, mm-hmm. but it's in character for Tony. He's like, other people can't do it, but I can because I know better. Yeah, I, I guess. Like, this this one still bothers me. Like, even with that mindset. That, yes, he does think he can do better, uh, but it's... God, even that one I have a problem with. Just because it's literally his entire motivation of this movie is to not do this thing he just did. <laughs> That he very easily could have avoided. Like, and and this has been in his back pocket. Like, the only thing I can think of is that he has been wanting to bring Spider-Man in for a while. Because <laughs> he's, like, obviously known about him, right? Like, he yeah. didn't just find out that morning. He's like, oh, this is interesting. I'll look into that later. And then uh, Secretary Ross is like, hey, you gotta bring Cap in. And like, hmm. Oh, cool. I, I can use that thing I learned about when I was eating breakfast. I'll, I'll go find YouTube. that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, so. I mean, I, I I get that complaint, yeah. but I'm I'm willing to forgive it because Spider Man's in this movie. I mean, yeah, we at <laughs> least get something good out of it, so that was nice. But <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, and they call him out. <laughs> it's just like you seriously like how old is this kid? Realizing they brought a child into war. Which was just yeah. stupid in, in general. Even if the Scovy Accords weren't a thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, Stark has no idea what he can do. Uh, hell, even during that airport battle, like, I'm sure everyone is pulling their punches for the most part, right? Like, there's there's a degree of going out because y- you want to win, but mm-hmm. they're fighting each other, and they're, like, definitely not going for the kill. Uh, yeah. No one knows if Spider-Man will be smart enough to do that or not has he been in a fight against powered people does he know what he can do that's true as far as we know he hasn't ever been in a fight with powered people like as far as we know like Uh, the only pre this moment we've seen is him stopping the car in that youtube video yeah that's true um there is in homecoming in the uh that one scene at the end when scorpion or not Scorpion, um, Vulture? Vulture guy Vulture, yeah. is uh, talking to someone in the prison. And Scorpion. I, 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 huh? Scorpion? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, all right. Uh, so he's talking to Scorpion, and Scorpion seems to have it out for Spider-Man. So. Yeah, because Scorpion was the guy he was selling the weapons to on the boat. Oh, that was him? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, then never mind. Okay. I thought there was And, like, and he's only Scorpion because I, like... They say his name and he's got a scorpion tattoo and mm-hmm. it's like the same guy who will become scorpion. He's not scorpion in the movie. Uh-huh. Okay. I remember yeah. thinking he was scorpion. I don't remember why, but okay, cool. Yeah. 
then never mind. We can ignore what I just said. Yeah, he's never fought a uh, powered person, as far as we can mm-hmm. tell. He's only stopped cars and been yep. given free churros. Well, we don't know about that yet. I assume it's happened multiple times. Uh, okay, that's fair. Why else would he <laughs> keep going out and going on patrol? <laughs> he wants those churros. Well, it's because um, uh, if you have the powers that he has and something bad happens that you could stop, well, that's on you. Which is a very circuitous way of saying with great power comes great responsibility, but we use that in previous of the movie so we can't say it again <laughs> it's also a good way of saying uh hey tony stark in this instance cap could be right well yeah i mean cap is uh, or peter would totally be on cap's side if cap was as irresponsible as tony stark and knew about spider-man <laughs> you're right <laughs> or falcon's side if falcon knew about him instead of ant-man hmm. Yeah, uh, although, um, yes, I know spiders aren't insects, but I do consider them bugs. Maybe my uh, in my mind are the whole the people that they bring onto the team are mostly insect based or bug based. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, notwithstanding the Catman, um, I like. Uh, how Peter's about to explain his backstory that we've seen two times with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Mm-hmm. But then uh, Tony gets distracted by his goggles. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he doesn't have to tell him. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> yeah, so um, I didn't realize this until this time around watching this movie. Um, but uh, Peter refers to his senses as you know being dialed up to 11. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, plus he also can see, right? He has vision. So does this make him like a better daredevil? <laughs> yes. Okay. I think, well, I mean, they're very good friends in the comics, Daredevil mm-hmm. and Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Which I would, you know, I'd love to see. Again, I'd love to see Spider-Man go up against uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, but I doubt that's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Not, mm-hmm. not Kingpin, just Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, the actor. <laughs> yeah, who you know, I, I follow him on Twitter. He's like a very friendly guy, but he can't take Spider-Man. <laughs> um, I mean, unless that's his secret. <laughs> that's a secret. Yeah, a lot of people have secrets, Tony. My secret is your social security number, which I'm not going to tell people. It's seven. Thanks, man. Thanks for keeping it quiet. You're welcome. All right. Um. So yeah, I mean, I don't know if we want to talk about the actors. I feel like we don't need to go into the history of Spider-Man. Everyone knows the history of Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. And I'm very glad that Disney decided not to do that this round. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about uh, Aunt May, Marissa Tomei, uh-huh. who has been in... The, the, she's been in many things, but the only credit I cared about was her first role, where she played Health Club Girl in The Toxic Avenger. <laughs> which is a great, terrible B movie. Oh, I've never heard of this movie. Yeah, it's literally is about a man who falls into toxic waste and becomes like, maybe like a melted big blob type swamp creature, oh. and then goes after the polluters. It's like in the early '90s, late '80s, early '90s movie. 
Okay. Got yeah. it. Caught it. Caught it late night on HBO or Showtime or one of those channels one night. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> the the title brought you in. The <laughs> crappy movie kept you there. 110%. <laughs> and then, um, the only part about T'Challa that I want to talk about is um, the Dora Milaje. It's like, move or you will be moved. <laughs> like, I I agree with um, with T'Challa. That would be very entertaining, though unnecessary. Yes. Yes, it would be. Uh, uh, I, I really don't have anything else to say. Every scene T'Challa is in, like, he's just the coolest him. person in the room. He, yeah, I, w- I hope he has, they make a movie of just, you know, him as the main character. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh! By the way, these might be debunked by the time this comes out in a few months. Okay. But the rumors are that um, Black Panther 2 will be Doom War, which is my favorite storyline of Black Panther. Ooh. Which is Doctor Doom ver- and, and uh, Laveria versus Wakanda. Oh, that'd be great. I'd be, I will be so excited. <laughs> also, yes. to give a little context, the rumor going around now... Christian Bale might be in Thor four. Yeah, I saw that today. Yeah. I was not Good happy how I feel about, about it. that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge Christian Bale fan. <laughs> Same, you know, I am still angry at him for ruining Terminator Salvation, which in my mind is the worst of the Terminator movies. But yeah, it's pretty bad. I wouldn't blame him. Well, I but... I blame him <laughs> because uh, they went to him and said, "Hey, we want you to play." That other guy, I forget the character's name. the The guy that was like half the human, half, half Terminator guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but instead, he he said, "No, no, no. I want to play um, John Connor. Uh, now I'm. We're gonna work together and change the script." So oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. And originally, now I agree with you. Yeah, originally John Connor was gonna have like one or two small scenes. Um, he was gonna be a very small part of that, oh. that movie. So. Well, you know, I mean. First of all, that's not going to happen with Marvel, because unlike the Terminator franchise, um, Marvel is bigger than Christian Bale. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hope he plays Beta Ray Bill. I think that'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be funny. Yes. Plus, his his bat growl might work with Beta Ray Bill. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotten to the point where I really, I can't really watch his Batman movies, though I love them for the rest of the movies. Because of his bat growl in the second third movie. <laughs> oh, I you know it's been a long time since I've watched one of those. I gotta do that again, like one of those, the first or second movies. Yeah, I still, I, I, I still can't watch the third. One of these days, I'm sure I'll rewatch the third. But I, I need a, I need to rewatch the third one again, maybe reevaluate it. Um, my friend Liz, you know Tyler's wife, mm-hmm. said, he calls it Batman Runs Away is the name of that movie to her because he gives up and runs away at the end. <laughs> Yeah. Spoilers mm-hmm. for a eight-year-old movie. <laughs> also, spoilers also, for uh, Batman versus Superman. <laughs> Ten-year-old movie because uh, that that also happened in uh, Batman: The Dark Knight. He does, but he does it for a good cause. I feel more respect for him in that's a twelve-year-old movie by now. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's two thousand eight. <laughs> um, oh, okay. I have more respect for him because he's running away to take the blame of what Harvey did. Compared to the end of uh, Batman Rises, 
not Batman's Revenge. I'm going to fourth one. I'd be down for that movie. Dark Knight Rises. That's why I yeah. found it wrong. Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> um, he runs away in that one because he's just done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He runs That's away fair. with this thief. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Much better movie. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, I need to bring up the last thing that I really wanted to bring up about Stark and this Spider-Man related stuff. Yeah. Um. So Stark knows about one powered person in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, does he know about the others? Does he know about Daredevil and Matt Murdock? Does he know about Jessica Jones? I would like to think he did, but they're not cool enough for him. <laughs> so <laughs> I I understand passing on Jessica Jones. He probably saw her in a bar, wasted at two on a Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. And he joined and he's her, like, that's sure. my job. Yeah. Yeah. Um but like Daredevil? I, I feel like he could have like found him and like I, I don't actually know if that would have worked out for him or not, but it would he's definitely not as strong. So I don't know if that's really what impressed Stark. Like maybe he's that's not... what it was. It was that the Spider Man catching the car. Yeah, I think he's the strength and the webbing. Because what he wants them there tie Cap up. That's the mm. plan. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I, I think he saw this list since like Jessica Jones, um, uh, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Spider Man, maybe Deathlock. Oh yeah. It, yeah, I mean, okay. technically, both uh, Defenders all takes place before, like Defenders takes place before Sokovia. So technically, Iron Fist and Luke Cage are out there. Oh, okay, got it. I yeah. forgot about the timeline stuff. So okay, so he he would know about them, like easily know about um, Luke Cage at least, because he's like all over the news and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, Luke Cage but, is not a secret. Okay, yeah. Well, Jessica I mean, Jones his... isn't a secret either. Yeah, because exactly. after the Defender stuff, she's pretty much a celebrity. Oh yeah, or even her show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess Daredevil is at the end of defenders sorry spoiler on that that's true um, that's true that's legit spoiler that you shouldn't have spoiled yep definitely should have maybe maybe if you want to maybe that maybe part. edit that out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was not thinking another big screw you to the dc fans <laughs> exactly um okay and so related to this since stark keeps an eye out for stuff i assume like that's why he knows about this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he gets like a Google alert anytime some cool video goes on mm-hmm. YouTube with superhero stuff or not. Um, does Stark know that S.H.I.E.L.D. is still around? Because the past few episodes we've been watching of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Daisy and Mac keep name dropping S.H.I.E.L.D. They're like, yeah, we work for S.H.I.E.L.D. And they yeah. just say that to random people. I cannot believe that Tony doesn't know about S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> if he knows about Spider-Man. And that being said, I cannot believe that Spider-Man or that S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't know about Spider-Man. <laughs> I mean, they've been reactionary. But yeah, that's a yeah. good point. Like, in their minds, maybe he's another Inhuman. I mean, that's yeah. stuff that's been around the world at this point. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there are hella Inhumans out there <laughs> that Stark could have recruited also. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, maybe he, he oh, tried. Like Daisy. He could have found Daisy. Oh, yeah. She would have been super effective. Lincoln. 
You could have killed Lincoln. I mean, found Lincoln. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, all right. right. That's, and, and related to that question, just the last part, if he does know that S.H.I.E.L.D. is around, does he know Coulson's still around? Well, that I'm not sure because S.H.I.E.L.D. can be rebuilt without Coulson. Coulson's kind of behind the scenes. Okay. And, 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 I'm I'm good with either answer. I'm assuming that either way. I'm assuming that no, he doesn't know Coulson's still around because Coulson usually just kind of hidden that kind of stuff. Um, Shield isn't like in the news or anything. So all right, I'll take yeah. it. But I just I have to ask these things every time that, that no, comes it's, up. So it's true. I mean, that's the biggest problem with the TV side of MCU. Is where are these people? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is though I'm sad that Marvel TV is pretty much shutting down. Because mm-hmm. I do love these shows and love these characters. I am excited to know that all future stuff past Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to matter. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And yeah. maybe these characters will show up in other things, which would be great. Yeah, so, I would be very excited. Awesome. <laughs> all right. Moving on. Yeah. Vision tries to make paprikash. <laughs> that. It's not poppycash, which is what I thought it was either. <laughs> um, Vision tries to make paprikash uh, to make Wanda feel better about her house arrest. Vision is also enforcing this uh, said house arrest. Later, Clint comes to visit. He's getting Wanda out so she can uh, fight with Team Cap. Vision tries to stop this and learns the importance of why is it a bad idea to try to control women, especially this one. So, we start off with um, someone who's never uh, eaten before trying to cook food, mm-hmm. which is fair. My microwave has never eaten before, but it, it does cook most of my food, but I don't think it's the same. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, I'm more imagining uh, that episode of Futurama where Bender is making food for everyone, mm-hmm. and he doesn't really know what to throw in. Uh, to be fair, at least Vision is following a recipe. <laughs> yeah. Although, the, Vision is like me when I legitimately cook something. Is reason I'm I'm always uneasy when I cook is for recipes like this, where this is a pinch of whatever. Paprika. Yeah. A pinch is not a unit of measurement. This is why I'm, like, I'm actually better at baking than cooking. Because baking is a science where this is an art, and I'm not good at art. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> like so many recipes just call for, like, random things. Like, oh, put a little bit of this. Like, uh, yeah. okay, a dash. What the hell is salt. a dash? Yeah, what's the salt and pepper to taste? I'm like, well, I can taste it if there's a little bit. I can taste it if there's a lot. Yeah. How much do I want to taste it? <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, Tony, have you ever watched uh, Nailed It? on netflix i have okay yeah uh my wife and i have been watching that a lot recently and uh like it, it the same stuff i mean they're baking on that show but you know same thing they're going through the recipes and mm-hmm. every so often you'll see them complain like what what the hell is this what is, what is this number or like what does this mean uh <laughs> like and they're humans they can taste the thing <laughs> yeah, that's true like, yeah a robot? The, I... no he's screwed yeah, I re- I relate to the people who have nailed it because when I bake, I, like I said, I'm not an artist. My stuff might not look pretty, but it, it tastes good most of the time. <laughs> yeah, 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh. All right. Um, yeah. Also, I um, enjoy that Vision is just bad at being human in general. First of all, he doesn't eat. Mm-hmm. He's trying to apply logic to a rational fear of people. Um, he doesn't understand doors. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he should have gotten that one down by now. Maybe he just doesn't value the importance of doors. Which me, as a tangible person, doors are important for getting into rooms. <laughs> that is true. They are a barrier. Yeah. Actually, the walls are a barrier. The doors are a, a portal. I mean, that's Magic. true, but have you ever been locked out of a house, Tony? <laughs> that's true. It's exactly. Vision has not. He has not <laughs> learned to fear the door. I don't fear the door. I don't fear the door. I fear the lock. It's like, I don't fear the gun. I fear the bullets. Mm-hmm. And the explosion. <laughs> and also the loud noise. That's that's yeah. kind of yeah, a little jump. I mean, this is the best segue we've ever had. Speaking about explosions and about loud noises, there are explosions outside. Oh. Yeah. Here, in the in the movie. Oh. Okay. Uh, oh that's not, good. Not, not here. Okay. Um, we see a vision... Hovering creepily in the corner. I'm assuming he's charging. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm not sure where he gets his power from. I mean, maybe the stone? Because he doesn't get it from food. It's not biological. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we don't know what Ultron put into the robot body, right? We we don't even know what it is. Well, it's vibranium. We know that. Yeah, exactly. Is there anything else? Or is it just vibranium and the stone? <laughs> and the soul stone. Yeah. Well, it's a computer, because they upload the consciousness somewhere. Okay, so there is some stuff in there. Yeah. Right. I really don't know. But again, vibranium is a magical substance that can do literally anything it wants. That's true. <laughs> yep. We're, we're basically told that in the intro in um, Black Panther. <laughs> yes, yeah, we are. <laughs> Um, so as the bombs are going off, Clint shows up, which, this is, again, Clint slowly, very slowly becoming one of my favorite characters. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, sh- he shows up, um, does not flinch at all when a knife almost hits him between the eyes. <laughs> and then he's like, alright, come on, Wanda, we've gotta go and, um, help Cap. And he jogs away. Wanda doesn't go, so he jogs back, like, <laughs> 20 feet. <laughs> well, he, he, he's on a timetable. He knows once Vision comes back, he's uh, a little screwed there. Yeah. I mean, and I like when Vision comes back, seeing, at least on Earth, currently, he is the strongest Avenger versus the weakest Avenger. <laughs> that is this, true. I love that fight because there's like there's no he says it there's no way he can win yeah <laughs> but he still goes for it mm-hmm. yeah uh. yeah um so, yeah oh sorry go ahead, go ahead. Uh, no go ahead so I, I guess my question is why did they go after these two as in why did Cap say yeah, for the thing that we need to do, we need Wanda. Um, oh, I think they need... Well, Wanda has, like, the best powers. Yes, that is true. 
<laughs> and then Wanda... at the same time, why not also try to get Vision? Because I think Tony knows that Vision is very like being created mostly by Stark. He's very loyal to Tony Stark. He's also following Stark's orders to keep Wanda house arrested, which Wanda will resent, which she obviously does. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Okay. All right. That works for me. Um, I guess we do also get that line in Infinity War where they say that uh, Vision's mind is like a mixture of of other minds, which includes Starks as part of it. So, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. So there, there's I mean, like that logic, that reasoning is is part of him. Yeah, and then Tony or Steve has a better relationship with Wanda. I mean, he she was the first one that he teamed up with, or that she teamed up with. During the train scene in um, South Korea, yeah, yeah. So I feel like they have they have a much better connection. Okay. Um, the last thing I want to talk about this is Wanda's display of her powers, of literally controlling Vision by controlling the stone, and then pushing him to the center of the earth. <laughs> yeah. Which is. When she's pushing him to the center of the earth, is he still incapacitated? Like, is she still controlling his stone? I assume so, yeah. Because yeah, otherwise, you would turn intangible and just let either the waves go through you or just float down there so it doesn't hurt as bad. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Like, did she really have to, like, do that to break everything, setting him down that far? Or Cause... Because the reason I ask is, how did they get away? Because once she stops doing that, he's going to come back to normal and, like, fly up, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming... Well, first of all, maybe he's in the center of the Earth, not just facetiously, but actually. <laughs> and it just takes time to fly back. Okay. Or second, if she's keeping him solid and he does have a computer, even su- something super advanced, it could incapacitate him for a while. Okay. That, that makes sense. Yeah, just just the amount of layers of levels of bedrock he's currently going through. Yeah, a lot of bedrock. Yeah. Yep. All right. Is there anything else with these guys before we move on? Uh, nope. That's it. That's all I had. All right. Just just those two. Like, why bring them in? Which is cool. I'm glad they're in. But I just you know, what's the reasoning? All that. But yeah, I'm good. They're movie characters who are on Earth. They need to be in this fight. <laughs> That is probably the exact reasoning that they all went in, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. So we got two more storylines, one very short and one quite long. All right. All right. Sharon gets Steve and Sam's equipment back to them. Cap and Sharon kiss. Sam and Bucky approve. They meet with <laughs> up with the rest of Team Cap, Hawkeye, Scarlet Witch, and Ant-Man. So my first thought is, like, if we are going with one timeline theory for Endgame, this is awkward. <laughs> because Cap will be there when his this woman he kisses grows up, is born and grows up. Uh-huh. Yep. Just saying. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, and if you want to make it creepier, you can, because like, again, we don't know anything about, like, how Cap's life goes after he goes back in time and uh, ends up with uh, Carter. Um, Mm -hmm. So, like, how much 
of what he does makes his niece's life right cuz i mean that are you that, that accusing sure. captain america of grooming her to like him <laughs> no uh I'm good cuz that's terrible <laughs> no <laughs> Uh, no, so I'm wondering, like, is this one of those situations where, like, you know, Cap goes out with Sharon, and I, I, I guess we don't even know who, because that's, if that's Carter's niece, who, I, I guess we don't know how they're related exactly, right? Like, Yeah, some, I mean, kind of our way. theory we talked about last time at the funeral was it's her great niece, mm-hmm. which means it would be Michael's granddaughter. Okay. That's right. Yeah. yeah, assuming he already had kids, or assuming he was alive, and we never got the end of that story in yeah. the TV show. So, yeah. could this have been some weird situation where Cap goes back in time, and then he's hanging out with Michael, uh, Carter's brother, and mm-hmm. then he's like, "Oh, hey, she keeps looking over here," and then Michael ends up marrying that girl that uh, Cap pointed out, and then that leads to um, Sharon Carter uh, being born later on. Oh, so like a predestination thing, kind of like yeah. John Connor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it could, it could be. I mean, we don't know. I mean, I think in the timeline that we know, Michael might already have a child, a son, because mm-hmm. it has had the same last name. Oh, yeah. Um, that's right. Before he goes missing or dies, we don't know what happens. Mm-hmm. But based okay. on what we know, he must have. That works for me. I was just hoping for, you know, the funniest possible uh, outcome there. But, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> um, so, we get to see a little funny moment. Uh, Sam and Bucky's, like, rivalry in the little bug. It's just like, um, who the Sam asks. I can't remember who's in front. But one of them asks, can you move your seat up? And the other one goes, no. <laughs> uh, Sam was in front. I remember that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope that... We see this type of attitude and rivalry in the Falcon and Winter Soldier coming up oh, this year. Same here. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait. And then uh, the last part for this section is uh, Scott Lang being completely starstruck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, in that world, like if you finally meet these people, like I mm-hmm. would probably be the same. Yeah, um, I think uh, Ant Man works a lot better as part of an ensemble instead of being the star of his own movie. I love him a lot more in this and in uh, Endgame than I do in either of the Ant-Man movies. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I mean, as far as a character goes and, like, the types of things that he does, he it's a lot less epic of a of a, an event, of a story. Um, yeah. But, yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair. Yeah. I mean, also, I love Wasp. But his character is just outshone by um, by Hope Van Dyne every time. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Literally every time, even in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> she is way better. She should have been Ant-Woman. Or a Wasp. Like, just don't bring in Ant-Man. Or yeah. whatever. Exactly. I mean, hell, we even find out in Ant-Man and the Wasp that um, when Hank Pym gave uh, Scott Lang the suit, like, he already had the... the blasters and the flight stuff and everything yeah <laughs> Just like, i do like that in that movie it's like oh you must develop this after i got my suit he went nope <laughs> <laughs> all right 
So you ready to move on to the battle? Yes, I am. All right. Over the next 17 minutes, we see the greatest uh, hero versus hero fight of the Infinity Saga. A lot of stuff happens, but it ends with Cap and Bucky escaping, Rhodey paralyzed, and Natasha switching, switching teams. I thought that would be a lot easier than just explaining what happened beat by beat. <laughs> yeah, that, that works. There's, there's a lot of stuff that happens here. Also, while I'm saving time, I'll just count down all of the superhero landings in this section right up front. That's a good idea. How many all are right. there? There are nine. Oh, okay. Well then, let's uh, <laughs> let's go through it. So, 51 and 52 are Iron Man and War Machine landing side by side when they arrive. 53 is Spider-Man's arrival, stealing Cap Shield. 54 is War Machine using the that electric baton thing on Cap, or trying to. 55 is Iron Man landing after the gas truck explosion to help up Nat. 56, 57, and 58 are War Machine, Black Panther, and Spider-Man all arriving for their lineup. And 59 is Spider-Man after Cap cuts his web and has to land. Like, right before he has to lift up that big tank that Cap does. All those are superhero landings in this <laughs> section. <laughs> Alright, that's a lot uh, in one it makes scene. Up for, it makes up for the lack of ones we've had in Agent Carter and Jessica Jones and most of... Um, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's true, yeah. Which is mainly a lack of ones for us, having watched everything. Mm. <laughs> so, this was really hard. <laughs> so, I just chose a bunch of random parts I wanted to talk about. So, if we want to just go back and forth, or how do we want to do this? Um... Yeah, it's a good point. I'm sure we both have a ton of points. Uh, let's go back and forth. If you want to go ahead and start. Alright, I'll start off with uh, this version of the Spider-Man costume. Where he is very much, it's very Steve Ditko, like the emblem, the original creator of Spider-Man. The emblem. But also the moving eyes is, um, is a great addition to make him different than the previous Spider-Man we've seen. Yeah, I, I, I like that too. Like It, it kind of makes it more like human-ish type of a character. It also makes for a great uh, funny scene in Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, also, I like him. He's Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man, unfortunately, because it really combines the earnestness of Maguire Spider-Man with the quippiness of Garfield Spider-Man into this Spider-Man who really shouldn't be here because he's 15, but he <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, two more things about Spider-Man is him stopping Bucky's arm, I think is mm -hmm. supposed to be reverse of Bucky catching Cap's shield. She's like, oh crap. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, Bucky kind of has this look on his face when he realizes that, um, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I think that that's also Bucky realizing this, this is a kid. He's like 15 because <laughs> he hears him talking. Oh yeah. He's like, oh cool, a metal arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just moving it around no problem when at least even t'challa like the two of them were fighting um spider-man no he's just kind of like looking at it. he's not really trying so it also really shows how much strength he has mm -hmm. that's true um yeah i i do like <laughs> sam 
talking to him. Like, you know, there isn't usually this much fighting during it or talking during a fight. It's just like, like he's really immature, but it really works for just Spider-Man, like from the comics. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's something that I really liked about Homecoming. Like, they really played up that he is a fifteen-year-old, and they mm-hmm. they do that in like the other ones, or at least they try to do that in the other ones. But I feel like they kind of fail. Oh, you're the, talking about yeah. the the other version of Spider-Man, or yeah, like, like far Andrew from home? Garfield? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because in that you know he's still at high school and all this, but they treat him adult-ish. Like in Homecoming, mm-hmm. he's a teenager with powers, still doing teenager things with powers. Yeah. And so like, they, they, <laughs> I thought they did a really good job on that with this and like this introduction, you know, him in this scene um, really shows it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like right now he is. Seasons one through four, Buffy, and then the other ones are like season six and seven, Buffy, where she's suddenly an adult. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, one more thing about Spider-Man, I like how they use the spider sense in this, especially in context of Far From Home, because the only time we see it is when um, someone throws like a sign or a door or something at him. He's like, "Oh God!" It's completely <laughs> involuntary. Yeah, and we see where he has to like get a handle on it, and the whole arc of Far From Home is him getting a handle on it and using it. Yeah, he's um he's really new to his powers right here too, mm-hmm. right? Like so Six especially what was that? Oh, okay, yeah. So super new to uh, having the spider sense, and then a couple of years go by, and he evolves, and now the power gets upgraded to the Peter Tingle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love this Peter Dingle. All right. Uh, <laughs> what do you want to talk about next? All right. Uh, this is one of my biggest complaints about this movie completely. So I have to bring it up now. Okay. Um, so my biggest problem is Cap and team are going out and they're like, they have proof. They have evidence. Eh, okay. Maybe not evidence, but they are convinced to their core, that Zemo is going to go and resurrect some other Winter Soldier characters and rain hell on Earth kind of deal. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Cap could have just said, hey, Stark, this is what's going on. Go with us. Listen, hey, uh, apparently, and I forgot what the number was, but Stark said he still had like six hours or or something left right, to bring him in, right? That's enough time. They could have gone fought Zemo. They could have disabled Bucky's arm and left him on the ship and all that stuff, and then things would have been fine. And that would have been even better, because then when Stark goes all uh, murder-crazy from Zemo's real plan, um, you know, Bucky wouldn't have been around. So it might have been easier to to stop Stark. But, uh, yeah. This is one of those things where just sitting down and talking would have been way better for everyone involved. But this is a superhero thing, and their default reaction is to fight. So they fight. And as awesome as of a scene as this is to watch, it still bothers me that they just didn't act like adults and say, we can do this. We, we can work it out. Yeah. Like, here, here, let's let's go. And it's, uh, so, that's my big thing. All right. All right. I feel like it's a valid criticism. Um. <laughs> I also understand that this being a superhero movie, if they talked it out, it wouldn't be that awesome a superhero movie. 
But <laughs> yeah, I mean, they should. I I feel like I now know in this context, I should rewatch the beginning of the scene. I wonder if Steve tries to tell him, and then Tony just doesn't listen. Because I would think that's like in character. Um, he didn't try very hard, uh, from what I remember. <laughs> like he he kind of said something, but he doesn't mention anything about the other super soldier people in Siberia because he doesn't even tell Stark where they're going. Like no, yeah. they just say no, we're going. Um, and I I don't think. Actually, now that I think about it, I really don't think Cap says anything like to say that they're doing something good. I I think Stark's mind, or in Stark's mind, they're just trying to escape. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Fine. You're right. I mean, at not least changing my opinion, but you're right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least this is better than you know that other um movie that we were talking about earlier with the two heroes who who fight um, daredevil yeah exactly daredevil and spider-man uh, <laughs> oh i think daredevil versus electra but okay <laughs> oh yeah that also works uh no I, I mean because these two came out at the same time you know i remember watching both of them and thinking like oh they're very similar in their plot in that neither one of them are these two big heroes who just want to talk to each other because that would solve so much of their problems. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> Rant done? Uh, yeah, I think I'm good. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Black Widow versus Ant-Man. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I like how effectively Ant-Man's using his shrinking powers to almost, you know best natasha i mean not good enough because she's still natasha well yeah but she has to use her her weapons instead of just her fists yeah so i I guess one of the questions that i have is is scott lang still doing ant-man stuff like or has he done nothing since we saw him in his movie i mean they're doing tests like, later when he does Giant Man, he says he's only done it in a lab. So they're doing science stuff. Okay. So no no combat stuff. So he's not, like, getting the practice doing this stuff with other people. So this is just kind of... It, it, it's kind of like he's winging it, in a sense. He doesn't get as much practice. Yeah. I mean, he got, what, two training sessions with Hope. <laughs> oh, there you go. Now he's mastered it. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Maybe okay. he was bit by a regularly active ant and now knows how to fight. Maybe. All right. That works. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense as um, getting radio a uh, bit by a radioactive spider and being able to sense the future. <laughs> yeah, that, that fits. <laughs> no, fits is in um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> uh, uh, every time I say that, I'm, I'm scared you're just going to call me out on it. Like, uh, yep. And this time you did. <laughs> The trick is not calling you out on it for a while and then just bringing it back up. It allows you a no false, false sense of security. It really does. <laughs> and I hate you for it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Anyway. Uh, what section do you want to talk about next? Um, I am going to bring up, uh, I guess, the end. Um, War Machine falling to his doom. Oh, no. So yeah. my only thing about this is 
Stark really has no safety measures for this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I find that very hard to believe. Yeah, so, I mean, they're they're making it sound like because he was hit in the power supply on the arc reactor core, that that's mm-hmm. the only power supply in this suit. Like, I feel like that's something Stark would have improved, unless they're saying that this really is the original suit that uh, Rhodey stole in Iron Man 2. The and, Mark II. Yeah, the Mark II. And they never upgraded it. Like Maybe they've given it a paint job. but like, They did. It. They did at least twice. Because, well, I mean, that makes no sense. Didn't that suit get destroyed in Iron Man 3? Because they made it the uh, Iron Patriot. Well, they might have just painted it over. Uh, I don't think it got destroyed. I'm trying to remember. He, um, he, got, he got out of it. Yeah. Did he ever get back and... in it? No, well, okay, what's his name? Um, Savin uh-huh. got went on Air Force One in it. Yeah. And then the plane exploded after Tony jumped out to save all those people. And I think the pla- the the suit was still on the plane. Yeah, they could have recovered the, the suit later on. I mean, they, they make it I, sound like it's super tough. It's like an Iron Man suit, right? So it's... Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I would believe it more that Tony built him a new suit. Okay, I would believe that more also. But (laughs) then then that means that Tony just didn't do anything for this eventual scenario Mm -hmm. where the arc reactor gets blown up. Yeah, well, I'll see a lot of articles and videos talking about Tony Stark and just like, hey, Tony put a a parachute in Spider-Man's suit. Because he remembered the lesson he learned from um, from War Machine in this moment. Uh-huh. But that's like saying that the only reason Superman ki- doesn't kill people is because he already killed and knows how bad it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you're flying, falling is possible. Yeah. You just all parachutes. I mean, it's, it's kind of an eventuality, really, <laughs> yeah. uh, given the kind of things that they fight. Yeah, uh, the first time Tony flew, he froze and started to fall. Yes, he rebooted, just in the nick of time. But wouldn't that make him think maybe there should be a parachute? Yeah, I was gonna bring that up just now because he did say that he solved the issue with falling because he like froze and everything, right? So he did something for that. But like, he should still have something else for some other thing that causes that exact scenario to happen again, just in a slightly different way. Yeah. One thing I do like about this, even though the reason he falls to his pain is not to death, but to grievous injury, is stupid. The um the fact that it happens is actually as as far as up until Endgame, it's a real lasting consequence. His back is broken. He is a he's handicapped. Uh huh. Um, in comic movies, it's hard to make death matter. You feel the impact when he hits that ground. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is quiet. Um, Stark is so angry. He shoots Sam. Sam, like, feels bad for it, too. He mm-hmm. feels even worse after he gets shot. And, like, like yeah, it's, it's an emotional thing, too. Like, just after just the thud of him hitting the ground. 
Yeah. Um, let's see. We're getting up past an hour and a half. How about, do you want to just talk about one more of your favorite things from this section, and then we'll call it? Yeah, or... that sounds good to me. Yeah. All right. Um, let me see if I can choose one <laughs> thing. It's gotta be... Well, I mean... Damn it, there are too many things. Um, <laughs> it's gotta be Wanda pulling Natasha away from Clint. Oh, no. Hold on. My mic fell. <laughs> uh, it's gotta be Wanda pulling Na- Natasha away from Clint because he's pulling those punches in a way that could seriously hurt Natasha. <laughs> yeah, she's just throwing her 50 feet. <laughs> Or however far it is. Yeah. Oh. I mean, to be fair, she could she could easily kill him. Kill her, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, everyone is pulling their punches. Because they could mm. all easily kill each other. That's yeah. kind of what they're all trained I mean, except, for. The ones except for Clint. We all know Clint <laughs> is there as like, it's okay, buddy, you can come along. <laughs> I mean, he could accidentally step on Ant-Man. But they're on the same side. Yeah, but it's an accident. Well, Friendly fire. I'm, go, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat. I do like when uh when Hawkeye shoots Ant Man with his bow. <laughs> that that is cool. Yeah. Um and very lucky, I will say, for Ant Man that <laughs> um, Tony Stark shoots the other pieces of the arrow. <laughs> I do his. think that every time. <laughs> wow, that was lucky. Yeah. All right, what what's your favorite part? Uh, um, well, it's not favorite. It's just the last one to bring up. Um, okay. And I, I like how... Because they bring this up multiple other times, too, in other movies. But I like when Spider-Man mentions Star Wars. And he talks about the snow planet and the walking thingies. Mm-hmm. And is this what old people think of young people these days? Like, like I feel it, like yes. Because a fan, even a 15-year-old fan, would know... What an AT-AT is and what Hoth is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I, the, the only thing I could think of is either one, he's not like a big fan. Like, he enjoys it, but he doesn't mm-hmm. care for the names. Like, maybe he just doesn't remember the names. But, like... I'm, I mean, I maybe mean, maybe Ned is a big fan. Because he's got his, his giant Death Star Lego thing in yeah. um, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he's watched it with Ned. And it's like, yeah, hey, it's pretty cool. But he's not he's not that into it. Uh, that could very well be it. Um, the other thing I'm thinking of is... Ah, oh, and I already forgot. Damn. Hmm. Can I talk about one thing in that part that kind of pisses me off? Yeah, go for it. The Giant Man scene got spoiled for me by a pop vinyl at um, a Hot Topic. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, two days before I saw the movie. <sighs> Damn. Yep. The, the toys. The toys will always get you. That's that's what it is. That's why people complaining that there's no baby baby Yoda merch for this last Christmas. Well, if there was baby Yoda merch, we would have all been spoiled by baby Yoda, and we all know that the end of the first episode of Mandalorian is the greatest thing that has ever happened to mankind. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> just buy a small size adult Yoda thing, and I think we're good. And put it in a, in an Easter egg, and <laughs> you're good. Perfect, uh, Tony. I, I have to ask you. Um, now that season one of The Mandalorian has ended, and in show, no one has given a name to this creature, to Baby Yoda, mm-hmm. that means that officially its name is Baby Yoda. 
And we have to differentiate that from the one other Yoda. So does that mean that now, officially, other Yoda is called Adult Yoda? I guess so. I mean, I call Baby Yoda Yodel, because he's the <laughs> love child between Yoda and Yaddle. But that's just me. Because yeah, yeah, they're right. the only two other Yodas we've ever seen. <laughs> so they must be their parents. I, I guess. Yeah. All right. Logically. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like we've done this long enough. You want to wrap it up? Yeah, that sounds good to me. So, all right, everyone. Um, join us next week when we will be finishing up our uh, review of this movie, or our rewind of Captain America Civil Use War. Use the appropriate this... word. <laughs> yes. <laughs> rewind. Uh, and we'll uh, just talk about the rest of the movie for probably a lot less time because that's usually how these things go on the third mm-hmm. round um and uh, until next time please follow us on twitter we are at mcu underscore rewind and please pretty pretty please give us uh, a rating on apple Podcasts or whatever your favorite podcast app is five stars are pre- preferable um so this has been the marvel cinematic rewind for captain america civil war part two signing off have a marvelous day. I went numb when I learned to see. So I never felt for being there. We got the wall of disease to remind us all that you can't trust freedom when it's not.